0: So how's it, guys? It's been a while since I've um, been asked to share the Word, so it's quite exciting to have the opportunity. I did have um, a Word prepared a few weeks ago, and Kevin asked me to speak, and then schedules changed, and didn't happen. So for today, uh, when I was asked again, can you preach this Sunday, I said, yeah, I've I've got a Word prepared. Um, And then I got a download on Wednesday morning, completely unrelated to the message, and it was funny because that week I had this dream that we were having a service, and it was during the worship, and I was preaching, and I was standing there with Kevin, and I just realized I had no idea what I was going to say, <laughs> it's like, and I'm like, I've got two more songs to quickly work out, a sermon, you know, and I was, I was a bit anxious in the meeting, but I thought, no, hopefully God will just speak for me, you know, and anyway, so that Wednesday morning, I was, like, putting on my shoes. I told was like, I just got this down That Within, like, five minutes, I was, like, getting ready for work, and God just, like, completely gave another message. Now, I don't like that because I like to be prepared in advance and kind of work it out and preach in the mirror or whatever. Anyway, so I really believe this, this is uh, something on God's heart, and um, it's an interesting subject. It's actually uh, on the subject of food. So... That's everybody's favorite thing, is food. Now, I'm, uh, I am would say some people think I'm a bit obsessed with food. I've been in the food industry for 35 years, so I trained as a chef, and um, been working in the food industry all this time, so it's, it's a passion, but uh, it's an interesting thing um, how much the Bible speaks about food. And um, and I just realized, even as a culture, we, we're quite obsessed with food, I mean, if you look at... Instagram, if any of you are Instagrammers, um, a couple of years ago, in just December, in one month, there was over 250 million posts about food, just pictures of food and everything, which is more than fashion or many other popular things. And even, even celebrities, they celebrities, they say, take more pictures of their meal than themselves for doing a selfie, which is quite unheard of, because most celebrities are just self-fixated. So there's all this fascination around food. I mean, if you look at our dogs, I've never seen anyone so obsessed when we're on dogs today. <laughs> as our dogs. We've got a Doberman and we've got um, a Beagle. So they got this internal clock of it's 6 a.m. It's just like, <coughs> they do this little dance. You know, they do the little dance. And 6 p.m., the same little dance again. Someone feed the dogs! You can hear the nails. <coughs> don't stop. They're just obsessed with food. It's So much so that they actually worked out now how to get into our pantry. So, the pantry's, you know, it's quite a safe place and big doors, heavy door, wooden door on it and everything. And um, so, they've, they've got in there and now they've taken out bags of cereal regularly. They stole wraps. They stole a bag of rusks. I mean, Omar just brought us some rusks. And, and so, now we've moved all the food up and all the canned stuff and the miscellaneous packaging and things are down below. And they're still getting in the food. Anyway. I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. So we got rubber bands around the door handle, tying it up to the, to the coat hook and all this stuff. <laughs> anyway, so, <laughs> so food is an obsession for dogs, for animals, but it's also for people. Some people really struggle with food, with obesity-related things, and you get the other end, you get anorexic people. And then you, you see um, this fascination with food. Throughout the Bible, even the Old Testament, you hear about the the ceremonies done with food, the sacrifices, all the feasts, you know, all the celebrations. It's all food-oriented things. And you even see Jesus, uh, he also speaks about food in parallels to himself. You know, he said, "Wild things like, you know, I am the bread of life. I am the true bread. You know, people say, hey, Jesus, you want some food? He says, "I, I have food which you know not of. You know, that was, that was to do the will of his father. And um, so we have all these interesting analogies that Jesus brings to food and himself. He even said crazy things that really cost him his popularity. He chased people away with crazy statements like, Eat my flesh, drink my blood. I mean, to the people in those days, that, that was cannibalism. I mean, the law says you're not even allowed to have blood touch your mouth. I mean, that's just like unlawful. Now he's saying, eat my flesh, drink my blood. This is crazy. And people left him and rejected him. The people he loved, the people he longed to be with. I mean, you know, the scripture in Matthew, it says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I long to gather you like a hen gathers her chicks. I mean, that was the heart of our Lord, to be with his people and yet he had to say these crazy things that shooed people away, and and I was like perplexed about that. I'm like, why didn't he just tell them what he really meant? That it was like a symbol of what was to come, and you know, and he had to be obedient to what the Father was showing him, and he was teaching them a spiritual truth, and um, and that cost him his popularity. That people left him. They said this is teaching is too hard. Even though Jesus did all these miracles, I can't can't hang with this guy. It's too hard. What is he really saying? And so, in all of this, there's a mystery that was being revealed by him. That the kingdom of God, which had always been external, has now become a kingdom within that is eternal. And that's the big shift that he had to instill. And we're still trying to shift in that regards. You know, sometimes we, we have a religious mindset, or we have an external kingdom in mind. And the crazy thing is that by His grace, He's chosen all of us to be the representatives of that kingdom, to be the carriers of the kingdom within. So what role does the church play in the kingdom? Well, the church is not just a a meeting. Jesus didn't say, I come that you may have meetings and lots of meetings. He said, I come that you may have life and life abundantly. And the church today, it's not a building. This is a great building. We need buildings. We're building a building, and that's amazing. But the church is not a building either. The church is simply a group of people who are pursuing the growth and the development of the life of Christ within themselves. And wherever they gather, that's the church. And wherever they talk, and whoever they talk to, they carry the kingdom. They carry Christ and his message internally. And that's the new temple. So Jesus had a very difficult task to shift mankind from seeing this external kingdom into receiving the kingdom of God. And he used the analogy of himself, being the food to sustain you, being the food that comes inward to bring that transformation. So I just want to talk about a piece of scripture in John 6, can we pull up John 6:24 through 35. So this is, this is just after Jesus had fed the multitudes with the two fish and the five loaves. So he says, So when the crowd had saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum, seeking Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered Truly truly I say to you you are seeking me not because you saw the signs but because you ate your fill of the loaves So they just saw this radical miracle but they actually didn't care about that they actually just wanted some some more food He says do not work for the food that perishes but for the food that endures to eternal life which the son of man will give to you For on him God the Father has set his seal then they said to him, what must we do to be doing the works of God? So I'll just unpack that a bit. So the religious mindset of the day is, is about performance. It's about outward. It's not, a, it's not an internal thing. What must we do to do these works of God that you're speaking of, Jesus? How can we get busy? You know, often, very, often call us human, human doings, not human beings. Because we're just too busy doing things than to actually be with the Lord and just receive from him by his spirit. So Jesus answers them and says, this is the work of God, that you simply, well, I threw in the simply, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? I mean, this is is just crazy, because he just performed this radical miracle of feeding 5,000 people or more with a couple of fish And a few loaves. And they're like, what miracle, what sign will you do that we may believe you? He said, what work do you perform? He said, our fathers ate manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. You see that the Israelites were sustained by manna in the desert. That was their sustenance. That was their food. That was a picture of Jesus, him being the true food, the true thing that's going to sustain you, not just this physical body in this natural state. It was a type and a shadow of what was to come. And so they said to him, "Jesus, sir, give us this bread always." And you can hear in that just the cry of mankind. This, Jesus, give us this bread that's going to fill us. Mankind is just wanting to have that void in their heart filled by him. Just that pining for significance, for feeling that they've actually mattered in this world, and they've given a contribution. It's like, that's the cry of mankind. Jesus, give us this bread. Give us the real deal. Give us the real bread, because nothing in this world is going to fill you or sustain you and give you peace like the true bread. You can search all of your life, many people have, still searching, still lost, because only he can actually settle the human soul. Give us this bread always. Jesus said to him, I am the bread of life, and whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Isn't that such a, beautiful matter-of-fact statement. You will never be thirsty for the things of this world if you have him, if you receive him in all the fullness that he has for you. You can stop looking to find significance. You can stop looking for a relationship that's going to make you feel better about yourself or any other thing. Your hunger and your thirst comes to rest. That's just beautiful assurance that we have from him. Amen. Amen. And it's I also love the, the whosoever is in the Bible. Whosoever comes. There's no <laughs> qualification of any kind. You just gotta come to him and believe in him. That's it. That's the only qualification. So we are people that are that are called to be these eaters and drinkers of a person. Now that that's very Difficult to get our heads around. It's a very abstract. I mean, if we try to teach this to our kids, like, what are you talking about? Even the disciples of Jesus you know, struggle with that very subject. It's so abstract, but there's a message in it. There's a mystery in it that I want to help us grab a hold of today that I really believe is going to help really help the transformation that we're desperate for. It's really going to help establish the kingdom within and the fullness of God in us. So, how do we take partake of this bread practically how do we partake of a person it's just a weird concept well firstly it's it's feasting on his word getting into scripture meditating on his word he he even called himself um, the word you know so um, Bible says that man shall not live by bread alone but every word that flows from the mouth of God so feasting on his word is a way to to feed on him and secondly it's meeting with him by faith in the Spirit. That's your communion time. That's your quiet time. That you just lock yourself away, switch everything off cell phone. I know sometimes I bring my cell phone into the prayer room because I know there's like an internet. I could Google scriptures. But then it's distract- distracting. You're getting messages and all these things. And so I actually want to be with the Lord. Um, <clears throat> so I just want to, even, even communion. So I bought some bread. This is not the bread of life. This is not the true bread. This is a woolly sourdough. So, <laughs> I just want to talk about the five senses for a second. Who could tell me the five senses? Hmm? Taste. Yes. What else? Smell. Touch. Hearing. Seeing. So, I see, I see this bread. I smell it. It's about day two and a half, almost three days old. It's... Um, I can feel its softness, okay? I can hear it. I can hear that crust, you know, that crustiness. It's baked properly. But eating it is, is the superior sense. They say taste is the superior sense. I'm not going to taste it now because actually maybe I will taste a little bit. I don't want to have a mouthful of food and still try to talk. So what happens when you taste? When you taste, it becomes a part of you. You partake of it. It comes inward. So taste is the superior sense. And, and Jesus used that analogy. When we have communion, often you know, we're meditating on, you know, our, our sins have been washed away by his blood and his body was broken and, you know, we have the cracker and everything. But when you swallow it, remember that next time, you are reminded not just that your sins were taken away in these things, but that he wants to dwell inwardly. And the kingdom wants to be established within you as a person where the spirit of Christ can reign over your own soul and not your soul dominating your life and living your own life the way you see fit. We are called to live the life that he has for us. Amen. Okay, now I've got dry mouth. I need to wash that down. So, we, we need help practically in how to draw from the Lord, how to receive His Spirit. And and when you do that, sometimes it, it's a struggle in your own mind. You think like, okay, oh, is, is He really here? You know? He's never not there. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Just the same when you tell God you forgive somebody or something, you know He's there. So, when you Pull from his spirit, and you receive him, and we're going to go through a little exercise later on, on how to do that practically, because I think, I think we need handles on that. Jesus says that he wants to come and eat with us and sup with us, and, the, and you see these things in Revelation, and you're like, what is that? How, how do I engage with that practically? So I want to unpack that further. Let's go into Revelation 3, 19. There it is says, those whom I love, I reprove and discipline, so be zealous and and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone, it's another whosoever, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. The one who conquers, the one who conquers is the person who really conquers the self-life who's given up their own will. And how do you actually become a conqueror? How do you become, some translations, is overcomer. What is this one? This one, he overcomes, okay? How do we do that? Well, it also says in Revelation 12, it says we overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony. We'd love not our lives, even unto the death. So what does that mean? If we overcome by the word of our testimony, that doesn't mean... We overcome and we're conquerors because we share our our salvation story with somebody. The word of our testimony is the testimony of Jesus. It's a testimony of what God had sent his son to do for you. That is the, there's a lot of power in that testimony. I'm not knocking, giving your testimony and it's great and it just, it does bring people to salvation. But the power is in the testimony of Jesus and that we carry that testimony. That is your testimony. And we overcome and we conquer by the blood of the Lamb, the, the sacrifice that He has made. And we overcome because we loved not our lives even unto the death. And I just love how the Bible does these false positives. It's like hard to get your head around it. We love not our lives unto the death. And that means we've given up our own will, we've given up the self life. And that is a big, stretchy test to, to completely relinquish control unto the Lord and allow Him to be not just our Savior, but Lord of all. And he says of these people, he says, I will grant him, this person who overcomes, the person who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne. That's not just for anyone. I'm not going to frivolously just put anyone on the throne with him. That's a serious invitation. He says, as I have also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. So, He wants to eat with us, and He wants us to partake of Him. And that's going to bring a spiritual maturity in us. And you think spiritual maturity isn't something that just comes by attaining to a certain level of of holiness or goodness or moral character. Spiritual maturity just comes through receiving someone, the Lord Himself, into our own life continually. Give us His bread always. So I wanted to to just um, have a time of prayer in receiving the Lord by faith this afternoon. So if any of you are hungry for more of Him, you want to apply this. This is something that I do on my own, in my prayer time. I just, I just receive Him. I receive His Spirit, more of Him filling me. Um, it's a practical tool that you can carry with and, and apply for yourself. I could tell you this: There's no way the presence of a God won't rock up, and do something special in your heart. There's no way it will leave you unchanged. And but we need to do this more often. So why don't we why don't we stand to our feet? And um, yeah, let's just uh, let's just surrender ourselves for a moment and just be open to receive from Him. By faith, receive his spirit. So I'm going to lead you in a couple of prayers, and you can repeat after me and and, and make it your own. But let's just just mean this from our heart. (laughs) Let's just mean business with our Lord, because we want him. We want to partake of him. Jesus is our everything. With arms surrendered as a way of just comp- being in complete submission. Just r- repeat, just say, Lord, I need your spirit. <clears throat> I want to eat of you and drink of you. Lord, empty me that I might have your fullness. I need your power, your power to love, your power to forgive. Your power to even forget my past. Lord, even deliver me of myself and everything that separates us. Breathe on me, Lord. Breathe on me, Lord. Give us your bread always. Sustain me, Lord. Sustain me, Lord. Sustain me, Lord. Make me new and refreshed by your Spirit. Come on, tell them, tell them what you want to pray. Come on, Lord. Come on, Lord. Revive us, Lord, by your Spirit. We want to feed on you the true bread. Jesus, there is no one else like you. No one can compare to you, Lord. Change us. Change our hearts. Give us a hunger that Charles spoke of at the beginning of the service. Lord, may you to suppress our flesh that the Spirit of Christ in us may come forth boldly in this generation. That the kingdom of God would be obvious to our brothers, to our sisters, our family, our friends. That they would say of these people here today that surely you have been with Jesus. There's something different about you. Amen. Amen. You can, you can stand. We're going to go into a time of worship. So there's just three practical tips, call it. Feasting on His Word, having communion, just meditating on the inward life that He wants to bring. Receiving His Spirit by faith. Wherever you are, he is. You can call in him anytime, in the car. Lord, I need you now before this meeting. (laughs) I need you now before I have this ugly conversation I have to have with this person or that person. He wants to sup with you. He wants to come to you. Anyone who knocks, he's waiting. He just wants you to knock. We're too busy to knock. I'm too busy to knock. I'm too lazy to knock sometimes. Many times probably. Let this be a reminder to all of us. We can come to Him as we are and receive Him. And in Him, everything you need. There's nothing that you really need that is not met in Him. The Word says, if you have Christ, you have all things. That's a lot of stuff. Yeah, Lord, so we want to celebrate you this afternoon and the life you've given us. Bless you, Lord. We thank you, Lord.